Servus, y'all. This is the Bits and Presses podcast. I'm Britta Wetterling and I welcome you to the show. If there's one skill that separates the world's most successful founders from the rest, it's their ability to identify an opportunity and then act on it quickly. That was certainly the case for today's guest, Daniel Kraus. For him and his two co-founders of Transportation Unicorn Flix Mobility, that opportunity came in 2013 with the deregulation of Germany's public transport sector. The new regulation allowed intercity buses to compete with state-run subsidized railways. Today, Flix has become Europe's leading provider of long-distance bus travel and is expanding worldwide, specifically in the US. Think global, but act and stay local. That means we really have uh, on-site teams in all of our markets with on-site people. So it's not, you know, German dudes running the Italian business, but Italians. And it's very much the same in each and every country we're in. So this is super important to understand the market and have literally the feet on the ground. In today's show, Daniel and I discuss how to grow and scale your company fast and what other entrepreneurs can learn from the path of Flex Mobility. And we also talk about how the same regulators that once acted as catalysts for Flix Mobility are now suddenly getting in the way. It's really funny that one, you know, of the leading German export startups, which we think we are, having, you know, most of the trouble with regulatory in our home territory. This is awkward. After all, long distance bus travel isn't necessarily a sexy service. But Flix tried to jazz it up with free Wi-Fi and all digital booking. But if you want to move the world, you certainly hit some challenges with ensuring the quality of your service and your drivers. So this is where I kicked off the conversation. Hey, Daniel, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Before I came to this place, I looked up some of the Google reviews um, people mm. wrote down and I want to read mm. uh, some of them. Uh, so one person writes one week ago, For the love of God, you are a major international corp. Please make sure your customer service is accessible. You've got to have an English-speaking representative or at least an email address in place to deal with customer increase complaints. The online forms just not cutting it. Okay. So that's a challenge. I mean, last year, for instance, we uh, moved more than uh, 62 million people. And uh, the ever-increasing amount of uh, people is a challenge because it's very international, uh, as we've talked, uh, and uh, therefore we really have to provide service in each and every language and, of course, 24-7 in different uh, channels, whether it's, uh, you know, a form on the internet, whether it's an email, whether it's uh, whether it's phone. Uh, we try to, we have a couple hundred uh, service representatives who serve that uh, 24-7, and we're... Um, investing a lot also in, in new technology like, uh, you know, bots, uh, NLP, so, you know, uh, voice to auto-translate and things. Because even though the contract rate is uh, getting better and better over the last year, so uh, that means entirely we do a much better service. Um, the overall amount of people is increasing so much, which is good, that we really have to continuously catch up. And So um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge and we're not there yet, uh, investing a lot. Um, but obviously... There is always an English-speaking representative, um, and um, well, they take care. But yeah, um, it depends a little. You know, over Christmas, for instance, it could be that it's overcrowded. At the same time, when Christmas was, uh, there was also uh, a strike going on in Paris, and then you know, it's it's not as easy to cover everything in the second the request comes in, even though we would wish to. 
Another person writes, very rude, unprofessional and arrogant driver. Not recommended. Never again this company. So driver is also something uh, which is challenging. Imagine this is one of, in my point of view, the most honorable jobs you can have. I mean, um, they not only sit behind the steering wheel as a pilot does or uh, eventually a, a train... Train driver. Train driver does. Um, but they also are in contact, in regular contact with our customers. They check them in. They help them with their luggage. They obviously do that in shift work. So it is... Um, It's a tough and honorable job. And yes, sometimes people have not their best day and sometimes um, uh, these kind of things happen. If we get the feedback, we invest a lot in, in training the drivers. There's a Flix University to get in touch with them to make sure, you know, um, that it doesn't, uh, doesn't happen again. But yeah, it's, um, it can happen. Um, it's not our intention. Um, and on the other side, I've seen very often also that us, Even me as a customer being not super friendly to the driver and there's a German saying, wie man in den Wald hineinruft, schalt zurück. And therefore, um, uh, also our customers uh, really should make sure that they are nice because as I said, it's a tough job. And, um, and uh, you know, therefore, honor it and appreciate it. And uh, on the other side, give us feedback. If uh, things happen like that, uh, we take care that this doesn't happen again. How do you deal with these growth pains which which these are right internally as a company so um first of all you listen um you listen to your customers and you listen to your drivers and uh, to your people and then you gather and take that feedback um and put it together and and, and cluster and group it and um i mean most of it is important and then The urgency sometimes decide what we tackle uh, first and take care of first. And uh, we sit together and every quarter, for instance, group our efforts and prioritize them and, and, and work on uh, the most relevant pains. Um, and uh, also, of course, the future topics and features to, to, to get better. Um, and I think that kind of agile approach to regularly sit together and, and, and you know, put all those feedback points um, on the table and uh, discuss and prioritize is the way to go. And as you said... As long as you grow and do more and modern and cool and different things, not everything is entirely perfect from day one on. And then you just have to put the efforts in to make it perfect over time. So there's Flix bus, Flix train and Flix car. When's the Flix Cybertruck coming? Well, um, currently we have plenty of stuff to do. And for now, we focus on, on our core products, as you mentioned them, car, uh, train and, and buses. Well... Let's look into what automation and all that cool new stuff in terms of mobility brings. And uh, we'll certainly see uh, innovations, but uh, the Cybertruck is, is on different people. Would you drive one? Um, I guess so, just I'm, because I'm curious. And it, it really reminds me a little bit, um, you know, do you know Kit Knight Rider? Of course. And that's kind of, you know, and back to future, of course. So that's the curiosity But in general, I don't, you know, I, I live mainly in big cities and, and be around in Berlin and Munich. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to use a truck for. So, right. but curious, of course I am. So when we think about the future of flying cars, everybody's so excited about what do we need Flix buses for then in this future? Personally, I don't think that flying cars will solve our mass transportation challenges, but we will. Public Because rooms. it's just for the billionaires of the world? I'm not saying billionaires. It is still a very, you know, very tiny kind of size. And uh, we all know that... Uh, you mean market size, right? No, no, no. 
like a car just fits whatever oh, I don't know you know for passengers that's, that's exactly right. and uh, the market say is I can't judge uh, what I know is I mean there is physical challenges there is a crowded airspace and there is as I said the challenge of mass transportation in a very cheap in a convenient and especially in a very ecological uh, way and I think trains and buses fit very well and well if you'll see flying flicks cars at one point in time well let's see i'm curious i can't just uh, really foresee when it will happen last year you said you aim to become the market leader in the u.s uh, how far along are you on that path um, it depends. In certain regions like California, we are pretty successful already and uh, the growth uh, we've been seeing around Texas and the East Coast are awesome. Um, I'm not sure that we are the number one already. I mean, they're pretty large incumbents, but we're on the way. We're, we're having their backs. What are the main challenges in this new market or entering the US? As it's such a big, broad market, uh, that, big that, country. That's, that's exactly what one of the challenges are about or is about because... Um, it's not a country, even though it is, we really consider it as a region with kind of several country countries like California itself or the East Coast itself or, you know, Texas itself. So that's something you, you have to keep in mind. And then, of course, you really uh, have to be on site, make yourself familiar what the customers want and need over there. It's not necessarily exactly the same as in Europe. Um, and uh, I mean, we can into the market with a hypothesis and it works out pretty well. So so people use it and we're super surprised that so many people who have been using Flixbus in the US never used uh, a long distance coach before. Like Greyhound, for example, which yeah, is probably like, your main competitor. Like like Greyhound, for instance, or, you know, there are also others, some regional players, but that's, I mean, the most prominent one, of course. You expanded your service into 2,000 cities and 30 countries. Uh, is your platform damned to grow and grab market? I don't think so. We focus on, you know, yes, of course, having a global platform which works together and there are economies of scale, but it also has to work in each and every individual country, in each and every individual sector. So um, buses in Italy have to work and trains in Germany have to work. So and that's important. And therefore, it's not doomed to grow. But there is so much potential out there, so we're going to still grow. And uh, there will be more Flix buses you've been seeing around the world. Um, let's see where. What's the important thing as an entrepreneur or a founder has to take into consideration when moving into so many different markets at the same time or having a business that is in so many different locations? Um, kind of, you know, think global, but act and stay local. That means we really have uh, on-site teams in all of our markets with on-site people. So it's not, you know, German dudes running the Italian business, but Italians, and it's very much the same in each and every country we're in. So this is super important to understand the market and have literally the feet on the ground. And putting everything together, you just have to build a great team. How much fun does it make torturing the Deutsche Bahn? Yeah. Uh, This is funny, you were asking that because currently it rather feels like the Deutsche Bahn is torturing us. I mean, with the recent um, BAT changes where uh, the railway is really put in favor compared to the buses. Um, you mean in terms of this, taxes? Or yeah, how taxes, you guys exactly. Value added taxes, exactly, yeah. Okay, explain so, that, that so, problem to the audience. Um, it's been changed from the standard VAT to a reduced one. In Germany, we have two different VATs. And usually in, you know, domestic inner city travel like you know taking Aspen that always was cheaper but it wasn't long distance and now they changed it for long distance which is generally good because public transportation has to be cheaper than individual ones but they only changed it for rail and therefore Flix and the coaches 
are being disadvantaged compared to a DP. That means they rather torture us meanwhile. And it's really funny that one, you know, of the leading German export startups, which we think we are, having, you know, most of the trouble with regulatory in our home territory. This is awkward. And you have to you have to really know that the reason why they came to the conclusion is that public transportation is more eco-friendly. Totally. But buses are at least at the same level of eco-friendliness than trains are. So that's, you know, the current setup. So we certainly are not torturing the bus. Did you study, did you run a study on this? Yeah, yeah, multiple studies, also independent studies. Like, you know, Umwelt Bundesamt, for instance, is really having our back. But, you know, politics are different. So what are you going to do about that? Well, we're first investigating and we've also been studying the press already. Um, we're figuring out whether, you know, we can just sue that um, that regulatory in order to double check whether it's legal or no. And now we are uh, moving over to our next part of the interview, which is our beer talk. So we are now moving over I, to our German beer bank. You have to you have to drink that. I'm just not, you know, I hate beer literally. Really? Yeah. Why? 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 I don't so? know. I, I never got familiar with the taste. I mean, you know, having grown up in Bavaria, you here and there start tasting it. I don't know, 14 eventually, whatever. It, and I just, I don't drink it. So what? What's your drug then? I don't have a real drug. Do you need a drug? I don't know, like wine, coffee. Well, coffee. I mean, a techie, right? As a techie. I don't consider it a truck, but yes, I consume quite a bit of coffee. So we have to do cheers at yeah, least. Yeah, cheers. The cheers is fair. <laughs> but as said, I mean... Cheers. And I'm not even... I mean, I think even, what I have to admit, you guys you guys made up your mind because from all of what, I, uh, what I've, I've heard is Augustine or it's Augustine, right? It, it's supposed to be a good one, but I, <laughs> I can't change We try different ones during our podcast uh, travel. So... Um, You're not drinking uh, beer, obviously. Did you do you go to Oktoberfest then? Sometimes, I mean, a you do not only have to go there to drink beer. There's only there's also you know fun stuff to do. Like what? It's, you know, roller coasters for one, and for another example, just you know enjoying the mood. Sometimes watching the people, which can be pretty funny though. And um, and then there is something like Flix Wiesen, which you know takes the opportunity to just do things with a team that's that's just great but it's certainly not that i go there you know to hang around and attend and, and to just you know Get drink drunk. beer do you have a lederhosen i do have a lederhosen i mean this is kind of this pflicht as a as a bavarian even though you know it's i originally come from nuremberg so franconian bavarian whatever but yes of course i have a lederhosen do you have an own oktoberfest and, in and, uh, by the way lederhosen i have meanwhile two wow guess why I don't know. One of them I got. I have two dindles yeah, as one, well. One of one of them I got last year when I was a speaker at Bits and Bretzels. Really? So thanks. You, to you still guys. have it? Yeah, I mean, Amazing. of course I do. <laughs> I've heard that you got kicked out of school from no, time to time. Well, Why so? No, not from time to time. That happened one. I left a couple schools. Well, and you know, it ended. Um, one time, I basically had a disagreement with uh, the director of the school, and then uh, about what? about um, what is proper behavior or no. And it's not only about, you know, in that case, school kids behaving, but if you come to leadership, and I think a director is, you know, proper leader for school, it's also how behavior is there. And um, 
I didn't think back then that was proper behavior. What did he, he I do? I spoke up honestly and, well, we just disagreed. Well, she just um, she just kept, you know, telling things about me which basically haven't been true. Like? Well, you know, doesn't really matter. It's just years now ago. Now we are curious. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, I'd sit, I'm not going to blame that old lady. I think... Uh, Fair enough. I just didn't agree and I left and then, you know, it ended. What price did you pay privately for your success? I don't know if I paid a price. I mean, I, I really, one of the best things happening to me last year, I have to double check, so we're already in 2020, is um, I became a father of uh, a great little son. And I mean, that's an awesome prize, I guess you can win. And you have a second kid already? No, 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 I don't. It's I mean, your first I don't. kid? Oh, I'm okay. my first kid, yeah. So do you take him to the office from time to time? Uh, he has been here in Berlin already. Um, not necessarily from time to time because he doesn't live in, in Munich. Okay. Where does he live? In Nuremberg City? Close to Nuremberg City. Okay. How often do you see him or like... Yeah, every, I mean, I'm always there on the weekends and uh, as or since he uh, has born, I, I try to have one day home office a week. Um, sometimes Fridays, sometimes Mondays. And therefore, you know, there's uh, three days a week um, I'm around him and the other days I'm around my large kid. So that's what you mean with the second kid, <laughs> like Flixbus. I, I was more thinking that you were talking about your co-founders. <laughs> no, I mean, they have they have two kids, but they are like, uh, you mean them as kids? No, we all know already what we're doing. We're, uh, I mean, we may act here and there a little childish because that's cool. Being curious, really don't take yourself too serious. Playing is fun. But um, if we run the business, we run it pretty much as adults. Um, but the business itself, if you watch it growing up over that many years, I mean, well, it's more than eight. This is like this is like your first kind of real children. You mentioned that you think a lot about sustainability and the environment and green tech and, you know, so far and so forth. What did you do today to make the world a better place? Well, we came up with Flix. Right. But I mean, like today... Like, like really, so like, no, so like eight really years today. ago doesn't count. I mean, no, today, like today. No. Um, I have a habit. Um, I think um, my dad, uh, dad came up with. Uh, the, 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 he was really strict back at home uh, to switch out lights. So if I run around here the office and see you know empty empty spaces where lights are shining, I just switch them off. This is something which I did today. I obviously came to work with public transportation today, and um, what else? I mean. I don't know. I, I think that that's fair enough. I just try to do like the little ones. I, I even I even try to, as we all do here, um, to divide our, our, our treasures. And um, so my banana went where it's supposed to go, to, to, you know, the compost. What do you think people would be most surprised to find out about you? Hmm. That's a good question. Um... <laughs> um I once founded a, well, a community, I guess, Verein, the proper translations community, which is meant to support um, homosexual culture in the Nuremberg area. So I guess that would be something not everybody knows and some people would be like, seriously, why did you do so? And what was this community doing? Like like a meeting, bunch of meetings? Yeah, like we just made sure that um, there's, there's certain interests and in, in, in culture um, which have to be told to the world and so what we did for instance is we had uh, uh, the gay film festival in Nuremberg um, and just organized that and that that was really awesome showing you know 
TV, movies and spots which really, you know, just put that into the middle um, to really show that we're a very colorful society and um, that that's great. And now we're moving over to the founder's special place. And I guess for you, it's obviously the Flix bus. Did you ever drive one? I mean, I drive regularly, but, you know, no, no, well, actually, I regularly ride the bus and someone else is driving. I, I never, I never drove one myself. I mean, do you try? I mean, I would be just curious about how I, I it feels. But, uh, one of my co-founders, Andre, I guess once, um, uh, you know, when, when we have those safety uh, parkours and, you know, trying new vehicles and stuff, he, he took the chance. I, I somehow missed it till today. And, you know, you reminding me is it, I'll, I'll certainly take the chance um, when it comes across the next time because I'm obviously curious. This is like a large thing. This is just great. I, I, I mean, this is really cool. What's your survival trick for a 12 hours bus ride? Sleeping, of course. Any travel must-haves you always take with you when you go on a long travel? Well, according to what I do, a sleeping pillar and... Um, I mean, as as a little working addict, I've always my laptop with me. So sleeping pillow and laptop, that's enough. Any special music you are listening to when you're on the bus or on the train or wherever? That changes regularly. Do you, pod, do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes, uh, but not, you know, continuously. I'm rather a music kind of guy. And currently I listen to, you know, Alex Christensen. He just made up some techno stuff as classic. And that, that I like. Um, but yeah, that changes. What's your favorite seat in a bus? In the front or in the back? Um, rather in the back and always uh, always at the window. Rumor has it that you and your co-founders made a list of 50 possible business models before you decided to go for the long-distance buses. What were the three last things kicked off that list? Good question. I'm, I'm not... Could have been 50 or 100 or, you know, many of them. Um, the last ones were about, we really thought how we can, you know, reinvent consulting a bit to also have smaller companies um, benefiting from that. We, we thought about, you know, reinventing childcare in terms of kindergarten. We still have back then, we, we, we suffered even more about way too less opportunities where you can, you know, have your... Uh, kids taken care of um, yeah and there there was also something we want to support elderly people with and at the end you know we came across the liberalization and uh, just took took the chance to 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 really work on mobility which is an essential mega trend in the 21st century so I, I love the pig what were the biggest changes for you or like the three co-founders of Flex Mobility when, the, you know, during this immense growth phase of the company? Uh, you have like more like four, 450 people here right now. So, so what changed for you mm. during this kind of growth phase? I mean, I think the most relevant change is uh, letting loose, letting things go. Uh, like what? Like, I mean, I personally, I'm responsible for uh, uh, the technology uh, organization of Flix and I don't commit the code myself anymore. I don't touch service Do anymore. It? 
Um, I personally don't, but that's because I knew even before starting Flixbus, I'm able to do some tech stuff. I studied computer science, but I'm not the best one. Um, you can have to do it. And I enjoy working with humans more. And now this is the, the vast majority of the time working with humans, uh, people in organizational development. And at the same time, what I really consider to be actual work, coding, committing, I don't do anymore. So um, the focus shifted quite a bit. And, um, and uh, that's, I think that's the tremendous, the tremendous change you have to go through. Because if you found a company, you usually do the stuff on your own. And if the company uh, have a certain size, some of the managerial skills are much more important. And uh, what remains important from day one on, um, independent of the actual doing you, you, you do is uh, leadership you know, providing a, a vision, making sure to create a good team. And also at some point in time, as I said, letting loose. You are three co-founders. How does it work when you want to make a decision? For example, as I can imagine, going to the US market, which is like a big step for such a company. So, so talk us through how this works internally. Mm -hmm. In general, democracy. So in general, um, we I don't always, believe that. I uh, think it's like uh, a lot of fighting. No, no. I mean, we know each other. In the beginning... We had more fights um, just because it was a little bit, uh, you know, more insecure, more instable. It was just uh, quicker, sometimes not as structured. You, This is the early days. It's like the gold rush. And therefore, um, um, that's, that's uh, not as structured as it is now. But also the decisions we now have to take are much more relevant, uh, relevant and uh, no, well, not necessarily relevant, just larger in terms of the responsibility and what comes with it. So you really have to take that serious. And therefore, um, in general, it is democracy. So that means and we always come to a decision because it's free. But for all those really major decisions, like the example you took, the U.S., um, it never happened that we don't decide with one voice. So we always... Um, came to came to a single a single decision. So how much fighting is there? <laughs> Meanwhile, little ones. So I mean, you are known for being like a strong-headed person. Is that the case? I, I, I thought, uh, like compared to the others, not quite sure um, who has the largest ego. Well, um, others have to have to judge. Um, usually, if we if if we fight. The fun, it's like a marriage, I guess. We meanwhile fight about like the literally super tiny things, which sometimes leads from a fighting and arguing, like directly into laughing because it sometimes is even ridiculous. But for the large things, there is no fighting. So now it's time for our fast round. The fast round. It's the fast round. So it's the round where I give you two, two words and you have to make a decision. Very quickly, out of the, the moment, other. for one or the others. Mm. Bits or pretzels? Pretzels, because this is just one of my favorite dishes. It's awesome. <laughs> bus or train? Um, train, because train is nothing but a big bus and size matters. Speaking or listening? Listening. I mean, listening is, is more sustainable. I think um, it's good to, you know, listen to the people, get information and then act very precisely um, on, on kind of the truth. If you speak too much, well, you may, you more overhear the, the relevant notion, so to say. Sneakers or hafal? Oh, hafal. I was wondering what hafal is. Sneakers, of course, damn it. I even wear sneakers to, to my tracht because hafal is like, this is ridiculous. Sorry. 
Suit or Lederhosen? That's a difficult one. Suit. I'm Franconian. <laughs> Soy or sausage? Sausage. I mean, come on. This is a serious question. Bootstrapping or VC money? Bootstrapping, if you're able to. Mutter Bavaria or Mutter Teresa? Mutter Teresa. I think she did more good stuff than Mutter Bavaria. Is there a Mutter Bavaria? <laughs> Number of must you can drink and still make good deals for Flixbus. Zero. I hate beer. Cool. Daniel, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're very welcome. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please subscribe. And of course, please tell your friends about us. And do give us a five-star rating. Write to us at podcast at bitsandpretzels.com to let us know how we're doing. Or if you want to suggest a guest to us. I'm Britta Wedling. See you next week.